We start with an update on the legal proceedings against Haile Chi. He's the suspect in the fatal shooting of UNC professor Zijie Yen back in August. During a court appearance earlier today, Orange County Superior Court Judge Allison Grine ruled that Chi is mentally unfit to proceed in his trial. Court proceedings will halt while Chi is committed to the Central Regional Hospital in Butner, North Carolina, with the goal of building his mental state back to where he can stand trial. This is a developing story. You can expect more on this tomorrow here on 97.9 The Hill and on Chapelboro.com. In other news, we do have a missing teen in Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill police are seeking your help as they search for 16-year-old Sida Xiao. Xiao was seen yesterday morning around 8.30 in the 100 block of Ephesus Church Road. He's not been seen since. He's not believed to be in any danger. You should let Chapel Hill police know if you have any information about his whereabouts. You can visit chapelboro.com for more info, including a picture. Turning to local government now. Hillsborough Board of Commissioners is holding a work session tonight at 7 o'clock. Board will get an update on the town's strategic plan and discuss a budget retreat for next fiscal year. Chapel Hill Town Council meets twice this week, which is a little bit unusual. First meeting will be a closed session tonight at 6 o'clock to discuss the acquisition of property downtown. Durham County Commissioners meet at 7 o'clock as well. Tops on their agenda, an update on food security initiatives during the 22-23 fiscal year. Carborough Town Council doesn't meet until Wednesday of this week, but at their last meeting, they got the final report from a task force on community safety, which was created in the wake of George Floyd's murder. point of the task force was to study policing in Carborough and to propose some possible reforms. Here's Mayor Damon Siles on what that task force produced. I'm really pleased with the work that the task force did and the report they presented to us. It was concise but thorough. Um, they did, a, I think, what was strategically a really smart thing, which was they focused their recommendations on just a handful of recommendations rather than trying to sort of take on the entire world of law enforcement and policing and community safety. So they really focused on providing a few recommendations first, establishing a sort of non-police-based crisis response system for our communities, similar to what has been established in the city of Durham, the HEART program. I encourage folks to look up how the HEART program has been working for the past couple of years in Durham. It's been a really interesting success for the city of Durham, and I hope that we can take some lessons from their experience. Carborough Mayor Damon Siles there. You can listen back to that full conversation in the News on the Hill section of our website, chapelboro.com. More Damon Siles news. We learned earlier today that Governor Cooper has appointed Siles as a public member of the North Carolina State Bar Council. Congratulations to him. Looking to traffic news now, Manning Drive appears to be reopened today after being closed for several days for the removal of a pedestrian bridge over the road. We'll look a little bit closer at traffic just in a moment. Time now to talk sports. Start sports with the unpleasant business of talking about that football game that went down on Saturday night against NC State. Carolina's regular season ending with a whimper once again marked the beginning of a precarious few weeks for the program. Beginning today, players and assistant coaches will start meeting with head coach Mack Brown to discuss their futures. It's unknown when or where the first domino will fall. Here's 97.9 The Hills' Michael Coe with more. All offseason, Mack Brown and the Carolina football program emphasized the Tar Heels' desire to go from good to great. 
Early this season, after UNC scraped by App State in double overtime, Brown told reporters he'd stopped using the phrase, wanting to see the growth rather than just talk about it. And when Carolina shot out of the gate at 6-0 and broke into the AP Top 10, it appeared the Tar Heels were ready to make that jump. Instead, UNC played it out in reverse, going from great to good to whatever the heck Saturday night's loss at NC State was. It's almost a mirror image of last year's late-season collapse, which also included a loss to the Wolfpack in the season finale. For a team which spent months making sure that didn't happen again, it's a stunning demise. Here's senior linebacker Cedric Gray. I don't know where this came from. You know, I thought this is something that, you know, we talked about um, all offseason, all throughout the year. Um, you know, never get complacent when we're high. Um, and then, like you said, after week six, you know, things started kind of trending downhill for us. Um, I think we're two and four in our last six games. Not good football. For Gray and others on the team, the coming weeks before Carolina's bowl game will bring some critical decisions. Players will meet with Brown and assistant coaches to discuss their futures in Chapel Hill, including whether or not they will be spending next season somewhere else. For Gray, the question is whether or not he even suits up for the Tar Heels in the bowl game or elects to prepare for the NFL draft. Gray said after Saturday's game he hasn't made that decision yet. Quarterback Drake May has the same decision to make, and it's one which could decide the future for several NFL franchises hungry for a new signal caller. May has been quiet on his plans all season long, and that didn't change Saturday night. You know, I'm not really sure. You know, obviously, um, those teams mean the world to me. This university, I'm um, gonna sit down with my family. You know, make some decisions. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, this you know Tarja playing in Carolina Blue, almost meant the world to me. You know, dream come true, and uh, we wouldn't finish out the right way, but you know, hey, may have, may have another chance to do that. May and Gray are evaluating the pro option, but according to Brown, several other players have been contacted through the transfer portal already. Carolina saw a mass exodus following last season, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, and it seems as if the head coach is bracing for another busy offseason of portal combat. For his part, Brown confirmed he would be sticking around in Chapel Hill. But it's not just players who have the right to explore their options. Assistant coaches will meet with Brown as well to discuss both the season as a whole and whether or not they will take another job. Last fall, offensive line coach Jack Bicknell and offensive coordinator Phil Longo both departed before Carolina's bowl game, and defensive backs coach Dre Bly was let go soon after. Brown would not commit to any sweeping changes on his staff, but did say he'd grade every coach in his charge. At the uh, end of the year, um, I ask our players to be honest with us, and I always ask our assistants to be honest with us. If you're looking at another job, let me know, because if you look, I'm going to look. Um, and, and I've got a lot of evaluating to do, so I'll look at everything we've got, and that happens over the next month. It could be that the Tar Heels look completely different whenever and wherever they take the field in the postseason. At quarterback, linebacker, receiver, running back, and elsewhere, decisions will be made which will shape Carolina's action plan for 2024. But after Saturday's disaster in Raleigh, perhaps a hard reset is exactly what's needed. Or 97.9 The Hill, I'm Michael Coe. Thank you, Michael. The first batch of transfers are starting to warm up. The transfer portal doesn't actually open until Monday. 
Well, we've got a few names already coming up on social media as looking like they are intending on entering the transfer portal. And check the sports section of chapelboro.com to find that transfer portal tracker and see who's in there so far. In better news, UNC's basketball team, the men's team, wasn't able to win three in a row, but they did earn third place at the Battle for Atlanta Showcase in the Bahamas over the holiday weekend. Carolina picked up an 87-72 win over Arkansas on Friday. Yet another hard-fought game against a good program, which will serve as a measuring stick as their non-conference schedule continues to get tougher. Senior guard R.J. Davis led the way in that victory, tying his career high with 30 points, shot 9 of 18 from the field. It was a kind of performance that reflects Davis's skills and seniority within the program. But afterwards, he said it's just an example of UNC's depth and teamwork so far this season. Credit to my teammates. They know when to find me. Um, and I think the great thing about this team is we're all selfish. You know, we look to get good to great shots, and we always look to find a hot hand. And, you know, today it was me, and the next game might be someone else. And I think that's what shows how dynamic we are. Um, you know, credit to Steph for stepping up. Um, he had some big-time threes. Uh, you know, Harrison and Elliott, the way they were able to pitch the ball ahead and have easy transition baskets, that's what we're going to need going forward. So, you know, the new additions to the team members, you know, one thing about them is they're always looking to pass the ball. And for me, being a natural scorer, I think it just makes the job easier. R.J. Davis speaking there. Meanwhile, Tar Heels' most consistent player during the three-game tournament was junior wing Harrison Ingram. Stanford transfer punched in a double-double on Friday after leading the team in scoring in their first two games. His playmaking's helped him emerge as a key element to Carolina's offense. During the post-game press conference on Friday, Ingram said the support from UNC's coaching staffs helping him play confidently and highlighting his ability to fill any role needed on a game-by-game basis. I think at the end of the day, I'm just going to play my game and be versatile and kind of score wherever I need to score. If I'm at the three, we're playing a team that packs it in, I can shoot the three. I just know that no matter what happens, I'm going to play my game. And Coach Davis has the utmost confidence in me. I really mean this. I've never had this much confidence in my game since I've been here. I work out one-on-one with Marcus every day before practice. So I feel my game is sharp, my skills are sharp, but I'm ready. I mean, the freedom Coach Davis has told me, you told me, Harrison, go play your game. Like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, we're going to watch film, but at the end of the day, like, whatever you think is going to happen, I trust you, trust your decision-making, I trust your shot-taking, so I can kind of do whatever I want on the court. And, I mean, when your coach says that to you, when the head coach says that to you every single day in front of the whole team, I mean, how could you not have the most confidence in the world? Harrison Ingram talking there. Carolina's going to be back in the friendly confines of the Smith Center on Wednesday night. They got a tough one. They'll be hosting Tennessee in the inaugural ACC-SEC Challenge. Meanwhile, the women's team had a rougher go of it. They lost two of three in the Gulf Coast Showcase. They struggled with Vermont on Friday and lost to Kansas State and Florida Gulf Coast. They'll be back home on Thursday, and it certainly doesn't get any easier for them. They'll welcome top-ranked South Carolina to Carmichael Arena. It was also a terrible weekend for the Tar Heel women's soccer team as UNC gave up a three-goal lead they lost to Brigham Young 4-3 to in the NCAA quarterfinals. Allie Sentner had them up with the first two uh, goals. They were up 2 nothing, then eventually got up 3 nothing. but BYU scored four straight in the final 30 minutes. That included three in the last 10 minutes for about as dramatic of a comeback as you're going to see in college soccer. Carolina men's team did have a good weekend, though. They came back from a halftime deficit, beat Hofstra, 3-2 on penalty kicks in the round of 16, and they'll advance to the quarterfinals. They'll host unseeded Oregon State on Saturday. Winner of that one will go on to the College Cup.